Man, I didn't want to talk about this, but I'm ready to have this conversation now. Today, I want to break down how I make $100,000 a year for my podcast and give you the process. I want to give you all the details for it. And I didn't want to talk about this because I feel like the 100K conversation has gotten so redundant. We've heard it from so many people. We've seen it everywhere in every industry, across every market, all of this. So I want to kind of give you a different perspective on how I generate this revenue and how I can help you and just really break it down from a more realistic point. Because when most people talk about making $100,000 a year, it's with a lot of fabrications and exaggerations. I'll be, and I wanna be transparent in this, you know? I wanna be really upfront with what it took to get here too. Because again, most of these people you see talking about this aren't open with telling you about the failures. I've seen a lot of these people that are made X amount of dollars from ClickFunnels. They're not telling you how many times they made a bad landing page, right? YouTubers making money to never tell you how many bad videos they had to put up to get to those profitable videos. So again, I want to break down what this looks like and my process and how I got the outcome. What's good people. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of pod central. I am your host coach, Chris really appreciate you being here. If you're watching on YouTube, shout out to you. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. I'm trying to build this channel up. You know, it's a fresh channel. I'm trying to get it out there and get us to the next level. So I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you supporting all of that good stuff. So, Today, I want to kind of present this a little different in terms of how I'm breaking down my process. Usually I do my one, two, three formula, like you, you've heard it a lot, but today I want to give you more of the real behind the scenes stuff, like, and show you what it is because so many times we hear about people making money, doing anything. They don't talk about the actual journey. It's like, well, one day I was here and I was struggling and boom, now I'm here. And I think that it's just so unreal, right? It's so unreal and fake and. I want to start off by saying I didn't just start podcasting last week or even last year. I wasn't one of them people that picked up a microphone during the pandemic. I had a bunch of equipment before that. I've been doing this podcast thing since 2015. I've been in the trenches. I've been in the industry for a long time now. For the longest time, I knew that I wanted to impact industry on another level. I didn't just want to just be another podcaster. I didn't want to just make content for the sake of making it. I wanted to do something that would help other people get the outcomes they wanted. And selfishly, because that obviously helps me get the outcome I want. Like, that's just the truth. Like, I'm not one of the people that's gonna sit here and tell you that I didn't finesse my way into this. I'm, this is the truth. Like, I knew that if I help a thousand people make money, then I make money from those thousand people making money. It's a simple equation. That's how anybody makes money in this world. That's just how it works. So for me, I knew my value came from being in a podcast space and actually helping other people. So what I did for the first two years of my career in this, from 2015 to even into 2018, I was doing a lot of consulting and this was free consulting. Nobody paid me a dime for any of this information during that time. It was me just trying to figure out like, how do I get into this space? This is when courses and coaching really started blowing up. And I wanted to take my interest in podcasting and bring it over here into the coaching space and kind of figure that out. And it took me years. Like I didn't figure it out in the first two years. It took years to get to a profitable point, not making good money, just to be profitable where I'm not losing money like, and I'm not wasting time. It took some time to get through that. When I first started, I didn't have any equipment. Like when I started hosting my own shows, I had a 10 year old MacBook. I learned how to edit on the worst MacBook ever only because it was like super old. Like it was literally like a super old bulky thing. And I actually lost, I tell this story all the time. I lost a lot of content on that thing. One day 
I woke up, turned it on. It didn't turn on and it was just gone. And I lost so many good interviews, so much. Well, what I thought was good interviews, but <laughs> I lost a lot of content because I just didn't have the right setup. And that brings me to my first point. The first thing I learned is I got to have a good planning system. I have to have a good storage system. If I'm going to do this content creation thing, I knew then that I have to take a different approach to this and be more serious and more professional about it, more organized because nothing is more crushing than losing 10 episodes at one time. Like, oh man. And this was when I was like in the beginning of podcasting, like my first couple months, I was ready to quit and say, forget it. I don't even want to do it anymore. Like I was this close to just giving it up. And it's amazing because that moment when I lost all that content, I thought, man, if I quit now, I'm going to have to go do something else. And I was still doing my basketball stuff. So I was like, I could just go do that. But then I thought like, well, what if I stick with it? And what if it turns out like, what's the best case scenario? I do this game with myself where I think about what if, like in terms of the best case, we do this a lot with negative stuff, but what if this happens? What if that's happened? We always negative. I do it with positive, right? So what if this goes as good as it could possibly go? What'll happen at that time? I was thinking, man, what if I start interviewing NBA players? And what if I end up on ESPN? That was my thought process at the time. That was what my heart desired. So then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna keep going. But that being my first mistake, that's why part of what I built in Pod Central is a storage feature. I had to build that because I think back to that moment all the time when I lost all my content. <laughs> like, I never want to experience that again. So the storage feature helps me save and organize my content for each episode individually. Man, it sounds like a super commercial. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm leaving this in because it's genuine. Like I'm telling you. <laughs> Me building Pod Central wasn't me building it because I want to make a ton of money. I built this from pain. <laughs> I had to put this together because I went through it. I'm telling you, I lost episodes. Like I didn't just lose solo content with me and my co-host. I lost content with NBA players. Oh my God. I, just talking about it is frustrating. <laughs> but again, this is why I've built the feature of storage. This is why. I wanted to put this storage feature in there just because it's so important to me to have organization, like literally putting everything in the same place. So now when I go and make my episodes and I put everything into one place, it's just there. And I know it's going to be there. It's not going to just disappear out of nowhere. I love that. And what's even better now is I can click a button and get all the AI content too. And it goes right into that same folder with the actual audio that it's from. So it's just another level of organization that I just genuinely appreciate. And I'm just trying to share that with y'all. And another part of this is I had to learn how to podcast alone, right? Like I've been able to reach a really comfortable income because I learned how to do it by myself. I had to learn. I spent maybe three years editing, figuring out how do you edit? How do you make it sound good? How do you make videos look good? Over time, I've gotten better and better and better and better. And I think that's part of the journey is you have to, in the beginning, sit down, be frustrated. Like that first two, three week time frame, it's going to be hell. But when you get through that, it gets easier and then it gets fun because it's easy. So you have that time period when you do new stuff that you're just going to suck at it. You're not going to be good. You have to push your way through that. And then you get to the point where you're actually good at the thing. Now that right there is really rewarding to me personally. I love that time frame of, man, I remember when I was bad at this, like actually building my products. In the beginning, it's hard to do all of the stuff, but as you continue to do it, you continue to practice, you go through it over and over and over again, you get to a point where it becomes easy, it's second nature, it is fun. That's the part that 
I live for. I love that. And that's what a lot of podcasting, editing stuff was for me. In the beginning, it was just hard. It was really difficult to constantly go through and edit this and edit that and figure that out and figure that out. It was a headache. It was a pain. But once you get through it, it is super rewarding and your content is going to sound and look so much better and you'll appreciate that. And I think podcasting alone for me has been easy because I have workflows, right? There's a process for how I do everything from step one to done. I have a process. I love having this process because it's something I can't repeat. I have two podcasts that I host now, only host two shows, and I do three episodes a week on each of those shows. So in a three month time frame, I'm doing 36 over here and 36 over here for both shows at the same time. It's non-stop, but I love it. And I have a process for getting this done. And that's why I have the workflows on Pod Central. I told you I'm tying this into the features because I literally built that because it would be great to have a visual of the workflows in the same space where also manage the content. That just makes it easy. It's all in the same spot. I don't like the idea of having to use five different apps to manage this one thing. If I'm trying to just manage my podcast and my client shows, it would be nice to do all of that in one place, in one tab. I don't wanna to have to have 15 tabs open or have to pay for another project management tool and adding users, I gotta pay for that. I don't wanna to have to pay all those extra fees. So putting it all in the pod central was the solution to my problem. Like I'm literally one of those people that just built a product around the problems that I experienced. That's all I did. I wanted to build something that would help me get the outcome I wanted a lot easier. And I know this is something that a lot of other podcasters experience because again, I spent two and a half years talking to podcasters completely free. So at this point, I've talked to well over a thousand hosts and just learned what other people struggle with. And I realized, wow, I struggle with that same thing. That same thing pisses me off. I'm frustrated with that same thing. Now I've created a solution to a lot of those problems. And this workflow thing is one of them, man. It's like, just, it saves so much time. And when I did have a team of people I work with, I've lost high level clients because the editors I work with didn't communicate very effectively. We're not in the same country. We're not on the same time schedule. So it just is all off. You know, they will send me an email. I'll send them an email. We miss it. Now with the workflows, I don't have to worry about that. Inside of task management, all the comments that are done about this episode are right there. It's right there. So when I sign in to manage the content, everything else, I'm going to see the notification of episode 17 and from episode 25 on this show all in one place. So I'm thinking about doing another agency for that just because now it'd be super easy with pod central. <laughs> it used to be so hard. Like I remember being frustrated from losing a client two years ago and this was a high pain. Like, I mean, it was about eight a month losing that client was frustrating because it was maybe one of my four clients at the time. And that was the biggest one, obviously losing that one really pissed me off because it was just due to miscommunication. That's it. And the things that need to be removed in the episode weren't removed. So now the client comes back to me like, Hey, this is a problem. I email my editor like, Hey, look, this is an issue that was supposed to be fixed. What happened? Oh, I didn't see the email. And the truth is I can't get mad at them because I've gotten emails from other people and not seen them too. It's just something that happens with email sometimes. So again, I, I built all of this stuff and I created that so that I could just relieve myself of stress. I just wanted to make things easier. So just making my life easier, making podcasting easier has really helped me be more profitable.
because now that I'm not worried about how I'm going to manage this and where that is and, oh, did I lose this thing? I can focus on the money making activities, right? whether that is a partnership or launching shows. Like now I don't even work with anything but businesses that want to launch high level podcasts. That's it. All right. So now I have an agency technically, but it's only for a certain tier of business that wants to launch a show. It's just a completely different environment that I'm in now because I'm not focused on the small stuff all the time. I can focus on the bigger stuff, the more important things. Like, how am I going to bring in those three clients and I'm onboarding these two and um, building this thing? Like, it's so many moving parts of other stuff that I can focus on outside of the little nuts and bolts of the content. Like, I don't want to have to focus all my energy on that. I actually took a lot of time off from sponsorship because I just, it's a process, right? When I got my first sponsor, it took me months. It took some time and I sent multiple emails, maybe a thousand emails. I reached out to all kinds of companies. Like, do you want to sponsor the show? Sending pitches. I had like maybe 15 different templates I cycled through. I just kept going through them to see which one would work. Eventually I got to some that actually work and I have, I know, a lot of people say this. And again, this is a part of the money part that gets so because when you say you made money, you got sponsored. It's like a lot of people say this and I, I personally saw these people say it and I asked them, okay, so what's your show? And they, oh, I don't have one. So how the hell did you get sponsored? So I'm saying that to say I have proof of like the emails I've sent, the invoices I've gotten paid, all of that stuff, the air checks, all of that stuff. I have proof of that inside of my monetization course. And I took some time off of sponsorship because as you can see, it's a lot that goes into it. When I'm selling my own products, I can build it, put it out there, sell it, give people the outcome, win. That's it. With sponsorships, it's so many layers to it. But now because I don't have to focus on the little stuff anymore, the main income stream for FSM is sponsorships. Now I'm actually going back into the world of sponsors. Like, look, this is what this show is. Pitching full seasons again. I haven't done that in years. I just haven't really wanted to. I've still worked with sponsors, but they came to me. Like I didn't go and do outreach with this show. I'm doing outreach because now I have the bandwidth again. And I know the big question is how do you make hundred K? So I make hundred K through multiple income streams, but they're all inside of the podcasting realm. So whether that's launching shows, whether it's consulting, whether it's advertising, Affiliate marketing, I get random affiliate emails and payouts all the time. It's a beautiful thing. It's like little gas money. I love it. So I have like seven different income streams inside of the podcasting space that allow me to make over six figures a year pretty easily. And this is just the beginning because I haven't even fully, and this is just the tip of the iceberg because I'm just now getting into the real product that I've been building to for years, which is Pod Central. So I'm saying all of this, this entire episode to say it is possible for podcasters to be profitable, but the biggest thing podcasters have to change is their belief. The belief that you don't deserve to make money or your show isn't worth that much is insane. Have you ever seen a YouTuber ashamed to ask for a super chat or a donation or cash app? Any of that? No. How many YouTubers do you know that can turn on monetization and they don't? I'm pretty sure it's very few. Most of these people have the ads up on their channel because they want to get that money. They want to get paid. So most podcasters don't make more money because they don't believe they can make more money. You might be able to say it's because I don't have a big audience and I can't get sponsored. Or another excuse I hear a lot is, well, I just don't have the experience to build this product or whatever it is. 
You can give yourself all the excuses you want. I'm telling you, if you don't make money in this podcast space, it's because you don't believe you can. I'm here to tell you that you can do it and that you deserve to. If you take the time to do research, plan your content, book interviews with guests using Pod Central, all of this stuff. If you're doing all of these different things. You're marketing. I see some podcasters that make six pieces of marketing content for one episode. And then the guests will post maybe one of them and that's it. If you're doing all of this work and you're not getting the outcome you want, it's because of what you believe. And those are the podcasters that make money, ironically. But there are some people who don't make money and they try to tell themselves, well, I don't care about making money. Podcasts not do it for fun. If I offered you a 10K check right now for you to promote Pod Central on your show for the next month, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't say no. So it's okay to say you want to make money. It's okay to want to be profitable. You don't need to feel bad for that. And it's also okay to believe that you can be profitable. So I'm just here to tell the story. I want to break it down for you guys. I'm not here to brag and all of that and say I'm rich and all of this stupid shit. I'm not doing that. I'm just here to tell you, you can be a profitable podcaster. That's my way of doing it. And I hope I can help you get there. And I want you to do it using Pod Central. Again, check it out. It's linked down in the description box down below. We have a couple of different tiers based on where you are if you're an independent podcaster or if you're on a podcast agency. We can serve you with booking your interviews, booking calls with clients, with managing your content, your workflow. We have a crazy cool calendar feature and we have AI tools to generate those show notes, titles, the transcription for your blog, all of that stuff. And it's all organized inside of Pod Central for one low monthly cost. I know that sounded like an ad I wrote, but I didn't write that. That was just off of here. Like, I'm just, I'm good at this. This comes from years. This comes from years of work. I understand that. Also, we have the podcast booster pack. It's just a simple program, 30 minutes a day for five days in a week, and you will be able to grow your show. These are systems and tactics I have used to grow my show and my client shows. So if you want to check that out, it's free. It's completely free. It's also linked down in the description box down below. If you got any other questions or anything, hit me up on Twitter at Chris Podcasting. I'll see you next time.